Theme music for the Spot Report, courtesy of Pastor Casper McLeod and Renee Truax. Thank you, friends. There's a spot for you over here to listen. Hi, friends, and welcome to another Spot Report. I'm your co-host, Pastor Mike Spaulding, and I'm joined again today by my beautiful wife, Kathy. Kathy, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for joining us, folks. We appreciate all the feedback that we're getting, and uh, that encourages us. And some platforms are, as you know, Kathy, are picking this show up to broadcast, so we appreciate that very much. And uh, just just for folks, perhaps, that this is the first time they've joined us, um, Kathy and I uh, minister at Calvary Chapel of Lima here in Ohio, and and we want to do provide um, a platform. This spot report is is really to encourage the body of Christ. It's to equip in some some degree with the uh, conversations that we have. We really are not competing with anybody. We don't want to try and duplicate any other shows. That seems to us to be. Um, a great waste of uh, our time and yours. We want to provide something unique and we want to be led entirely and exclusively by the Holy Spirit. So the things that we talk about are are meant to encourage and equip the body. I I know that's your heart, Kathy, and we've talked about this uh, many, many times before. We're pretty busy around here, aren't we? Uh, Just a little bit. Just very little. Yeah, just a little bit. So carving out time to do this is uh, is really, uh, well, it's a blessing, but it is, it is a sacrifice because that means we're not going to be doing other things. But anyway, um, today's conversation, we wanted to focus on uh, what we're focusing on. <laughs> and I know that sounds a little <laughs> odd, but it's, it's very easy to get distracted in this day and age that we live in, isn't it, dear? Right. It's time to keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, this came back to my attention again, uh, a week or so ago. Um, Most of you know that I've written a a daily devotional. Um, I call it day by day in the father's embrace. And uh, someone posted uh, a devotional from well, it was four days ago. That's I can tell you exactly what it was. I thought it's so not not quite a week, but four days ago, uh, they posted this, and I, I just wanted to share this with those who have joined us, dear, and then have a conversation about the the point that I was making in this devotional. So, so for this particular day, and and let me say this for those of you who have have purchased uh, the devotional, thank you very much. Appreciate that. That helps support Transforming Word Ministries, the Transforming Word Global Ecclesia Ministries, um, Soaring Eagle Radio, and I know I'm going to forget some, dear, but uh, anyway. So this devotional was from March the 24th. I wrote about 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 5, and here's what it says. As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, 
nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So again, Paul writing to his protege, son in the faith, Timothy, that passage is in 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 5. So, so here's what I wrote. I wrote, in most Christian churches today, doctrine reigns supreme as the number one litmus test for fellowship as well as for consideration for leadership and ministry. Believe the same things as those in power in your end. Have a different view on specific subjects, and not only are you not considered for leadership, you are essentially shunned for any other ministry opportunity. Is this the right approach? How can the big C church ever become united as Christ prayed we would if we allow doctrine to divide us? In our focus passage, the Apostle Paul urged Timothy to teach sound doctrine. On this, we can all agree sound doctrine matters. But here is where we have to consider a very important question. Does disagreement on certain doctrinal matters disqualify one for ministry or leadership? People ask me all the time why there are so many denominations. My answer is nearly always the same, because people make doctrine the dividing line and forget that what really matters is the life we lived based on the doctrine we believe. What do I mean by that? Note that after Paul instructed Timothy to correct the strange doctrines being taught in his day, he gave Timothy the reason why doctrine matters. Because the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. In other words, doctrine matters, but the more important thing is that what you believe results in godliness, a pure heart, a good or clean conscience, and a sincere faith. If you're like me, you know churches which allow for the most oppressive, obnoxious, and rude behavior from its leaders because they adhere to certain doctrinal positions. The true litmus test of the validity of any doctrine is the fruit it produces. Doctrinal purity that does not lead to godliness and the spiritual fruit of Galatians 5 is no better than the strange doctrine Paul warns Timothy about. It's high time that the Big C Church came to grips with this truth. When we do, we will all experience a transformation in our relationships, ministries, and churches. So, Kathy, I thought that was pretty clear that the the point I was trying to make uh, in that particular devotional thought was that, yes, doctrine matters. However, if your doctrine turns you into a rude, obnoxious jerk that is incapable of loving the brethren, then you should re-examine your doctrine. Now, the reason that we even bring this up, dear, is because I was surprised at some of the feedback. It was, it was, some of the feedback pretty much proved my point. (laughs) And I, and I thought, boy, talk about an exercise in missing the point, um, some of this feedback is. And, and so again, it, it, it seems that it is required of us, although you would think that 
in this day and age, we wouldn't have to say this again. But Jesus said the greatest commandment is that you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and your neighbor Hmm. as yourself. And upon those things, our doctrine should be built. And and I guess I'm going to have to say it again, dear. Jesus cares about people. He cares about the human race. He cares about souls. He cares about the people that are drowning and dying in this world. And, and he wants us to be speakers of life, people that yeah. speak life into people, uh, his word. And why so many people miss that, I don't know, dear. I found um, uh, a post on um, a social media platform, and and I'm going to have to follow this uh, this person that goes by uh, Kingdom HD uh, because they they really post some good things, and and we found this post, and, and so we just wanted to share some of the bullet points from that because it it perfectly aligns with that devotional mm-hmm. about. Doctrine matters. However, if your doctrine turns you into something that is not an imager or imitator of Christ, that that cripples you or prevents you from loving people, then you really need to examine your doctrine. Because what really matters in life, as as this post uh, uh, stated, is not that we have our our doctrine right. Because guess what, folks you're probably wrong on a whole number of things. And so am I. The minute we get to a place where we think we've all, we've got it all figured out, we're in very, very serious, serious trouble. And we're probably going to hurt other people too. (laughs) What do you think about that, Kathy? That is a true story. It happens all the time and we see it. We see it every day, you know, Mm -hmm. and I tend not to look at those um, posts that tend to be critical about things that you write because um, fleshly speaking, I tend to get a little, um, on the, de- on the defense for you. Um, and it aggravates me when I see people that take something that you might write like this, this, um, what you just read in the devotional on March 24th and take it totally out of context. You know, that just really bothers me. So I try not to read those kind of things. What we need to do is we need to be focusing on sharing the gospel of Christ, not winning theological debates, not winning political debates. I could care less. I could care less. Actually, the, the phrase is, I could not care less, to be correct. I could not care less about who sits in the White House because the entire government is corrupt, and that includes your favorite politician. What we should be focusing on, dear, is aligning our heart with God so that we don't become so busy arguing or debating, whether it's in person or online, about our particular hobby horse. And there's no there's no fruit in any of that, is there? No, there sure isn't. We need to focus more on who's sitting on the throne and not who's sitting in the White House. Amen. <laughs> That's so true, dear. And listen, folks, I've I've made this statement many, many times uh, over the last few years. If it's not a heaven or hell issue, 
we have got more important things to do with our time. Um, God has called us all to be laborers in his fields, and they are white for harvest, the scripture says. So we ought to be about that business, I think. And it says in uh, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, I'm just going to turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's a passage that, that a lot of folks are familiar with because it ends in verse 21. It says, God made him or he made him, God made Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And the reason that he did that is stated in the, in the several verses uh, just above that. And it says that... Um, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, starting at verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5, he's a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and what? Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Some folks say, well, I don't know what my ministry is. Well, I can tell you what your ministry is because every one of us has the ministry of reconciliation. When you're born again, You have the opportunity, the privilege, and the responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost world. That is the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, jumping down to verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. So because we've been given this ministry of reconciliation, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So that verse right there, we are making an appeal. God is making an appeal through us to lost people. Automatically eliminates all of these doctrinal theological mm-hmm. debates that, that have nothing whatsoever to do with heaven or hell. All of these social media rants and all of this other nonsense Let's stop that stupidity because that's exactly what it is. It distracts people from what we really want them to hear. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I also see, you know, the Lord called us into pastoral ministry 25 years ago. And and before that, you and I both had served in different capacities um, in a couple of churches. So, so overall, um, we've been saved for 40 years and and been involved in ministry probably 38 of those years. It didn't mm-hmm. take long for for people to begin to ask us to serve, and and we were glad to do that. Although uh, folks that know my testimony know that the first time uh, a a church council came around and asked me to serve uh, on on as a deacon, I said. I have no idea what a deacon is or what a deacon is supposed to do. So I'm going to have to turn you down because I'd only been saved maybe a year, two at the most. Um, and no, I'm, I'm not up to that. I need to learn and grow first. And, and the Lord has certainly done that with yeah. both of us. So, so my point in bringing all this up was um, be sure that you've studied the scriptures for yourself and you know why you believe what you believe because we've got a lot of lazy Christians today. They just parrot whatever their favorite Bible teacher says. Um, and guess what, folks? Your favorite Bible teacher is wrong on a lot of stuff. Yes. It's wrong on a lot of stuff. Because no one 
no one on the face of this earth has everything figured out. And no one on the face of this earth is right about everything. Now, I know they think they are. You better be humble enough to say and admit, I probably don't have things right. This is the way I understand it, but I'm humble enough to be taught. Uh, I'm open to correction. If you can show me where I'm wrong on something, I, I certainly will consider it. And I've changed my mind on a number of things in the, in the last 40 years. Um, so if you ever get to a place where you think you got it all figured out, you cannot receive instruction. You don't have a teachable spirit. You're in a very dangerous place. Yes. Yes. You know, I look at it, Mike, that um, when we first got saved, you look at the doctrine that that particular flavor of church teaches, and we don't agree with that now. That's correct. You know, so I mean, our doctor, our theological um, doctrine has changed over the years, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, all I knew when we first got saved was that this, this this preacher knew his Bible, and he he taught about it, and it all sounded good and made sense to me. But as is the case with with many, when you begin to study the scriptures for yourself then you find out that some things don't line up that, that you've been taught. Now, some people just, you know, blow it off and continue to do what they're doing and just say, well, you know, I don't understand it. The preacher does. So if he believes that it's good enough for me. And actually, the scripture says something entirely different, that we are supposed to study for ourselves so that we might be approved of the Lord. Yes. In fact, it says a workman that need not be ashamed. It doesn't say study to uh, affirm that your pastor's teaching is correct. Although, <laughs> if you will study, you might see that the pastor's teaching is correct. You might also find out the pastor's teaching is, uh, I don't know, don't really agree with that interpretation, but that's okay. Um, don't shy away from that, I guess, is, is my point. Um, you probably have lost count over the years, dear, how many times I've said from the pulpit, Folks, you don't have to believe a word I say. And what do I say after that? Study it for yourself. You got a Bible. Yep. That's exactly what I say. You don't have to believe a word I say. That's right. You have a Bible. Study it for yourself. What does it say? And then if you know you what I see a lot of too today, Mike, is that people aren't attending any church at all because they find themselves not agreeing with uh Every single doctrine, I believe, that's being taught in that church. Do you see that as a problem today? Well, it is. Um, people think that uh, there's a perfect church out there someplace. And you know what I've said over the years? If you find a perfect church, don't join it because it won't be perfect anymore. Right. right. Let that sink in. There aren't any perfect churches, folks. There aren't any perfect churches. But one thing I do know, you're not, you're, you, we are told not to neglect the assembling of ourselves together for right. edification in the word and in prayer, fellowship and singing, exalting the Lord. We're not to neglect that because when we do, we're the ones that suffer. There are a lot of Christians that are very dry and describe the place of life where they're at as barren. Well, that's because you've neglected the assembly. You've neglected with being with people. And there are churches out there that I wouldn't spend a minute in. 
mean, I'll, I'll admit that, but there are a lot of good churches out there, ecclesias that are staying the course. They're sticking to what matters, what's important. Um, and they're not going to have all the bells and the whistles, the smoke and the mirrors, the stage lights and the fog machines and the dark, dark sanctuaries that mimic secular music culture and, and concerts, which, by the way, has creeped into Christian music. And it's in the church now as well. Mm-hmm. Worship is not about people. It's not about you, folks. Worship is about exalting the Lord Jesus Christ, showing a heart of gratitude for the Father. Yes. That's worship. It's aimed at him. It's not, it's not, it shouldn't be therapy for us. If you're, if the songs you're singing is all about you, 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 um, well, that was a therapy session. It right. wasn't worship. <laughs> uh, get so, down off that hobby horse. <laughs> so I have a, um, another comment to make. Um, I know that in the past that you've put your email address out there for people who currently don't have a church because they can't find one. Can you possibly tell me how many contacts you've probably gotten this past couple of days of people that are seriously looking for a church but can't find one? Yeah, um, I'd say six or eight at least uh, in the last couple of days. Of course, I was on with Dr. Uh, Sherry Tenpenny recently or or have been this entire month actually on the uh, thursday uh, happy hour with dr t and we've been talking about uh, two of my most recent books letters from jesus what the seven ecclesias of revelation two and three say to us today so we spent uh, two weeks two hours talking about that and then uh, last Thursday and then this coming Thursday on Happy Hour with Dr. T, we're talking about the four horses of Revelation 6, a new prophetic interpretation. Wow, I, I, I gave my email out and people have really been taking that seriously. It just reminds me um, that there are increasingly or, or less churches that you can recommend to people. So. Yeah, that email, sad. by the way, is uh, C M Spalding, S P A U L D I N G, C M Spalding, the number two, Sam Spalding two at gmail.com. If you um, would like me to to see if, if I know of any churches in your area um, that, that you might fellowship with, then, then email me and, and I'll um, see what I can find. Also, if there's any questions or subjects you'd like Kathy and I to cover here on the spot report, then you can use that email as well. Um, We'd like to try and stay in the lane of encouraging and equipping the body. I mean, there's a whole bunch of topics that I'm interested in, but I don't know that it's what we really want to discuss here. So just send it in and we'll decide whether or not we'll, we'll cover it on a future episode. Dear. So it looks like we're coming to the end of this episode already. Oh, my goodness. How did that happen? They always go fast, don't they? They do. Yeah, they always go fast. Well, um, I hope to uh, see some of you folks. uh, As Kathy and I are out and about, we're going to be uh, at the Wisconsin Christian News 
conference coming up in a few weeks. Uh, you can find out about that on Wisconsin Christian News, I think, .com. And then, of course, our uh, Go Therefore conference is coming up in July, July 28th and 29th in Brookville, Ohio. Um, Derek and Sharon Gilbert will be joining us, uh, L.A. Marzuli, Dr. Michael Lake, um, David Hevner, and I know I'm going to forget, folks. Uh, Tom Dunn will be there. Pastor Nathan Branham will be joining us um, this year. Dr. Greg Reed will be with us. Randy Conway. David uh, Paxton. David Paxton. Kenny C. will be with us again this year. Anyway, you can get... You can register for that. Get your get your tickets. Hold your spot. Uh, go thereforeconference.com. Go thereforeconference.com. Hotel information is uh, on the site. Uh, live stream is available. So if you can't make the trip to Brookville, Ohio, just west of Dayton, Ohio. You can join us uh, from where you are at. Oh, let's not forget Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is going to be there. Casper McLeod, Pastor Casper. Um, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, um, Vicki Joy Anderson, got a new book yeah. out. We'd like to promote her. How can I forget all these wonderful friends? Amen, brother. That's the blessing of doing this, isn't it, Kathy? All these people that we have presenting at uh, Go Therefore uh, are people that we know. We, we consider them friends. Yes. We've ministered together with them before. And um, so it is, it's great joy for us to be able to this is something the Lord gave us to do back in um, 2017 already, dear. That's yeah, pretty crazy, isn't it? It is. You know what this reminds me of? These conferences remind me of um, our last episode where we talked about standing at the gates of hell, locking arms and not allowing people to go in. I feel like that's yeah. what we're doing with all of these speakers at the Go Therefore conference. We're locking arms with them and we're standing at the gates of hell. Yes. Amen. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, since we're we're smack out of time, I guess we should pray and and let these folks go, huh? Amen. So, Father, thank you so much for a, another opportunity to to speak about the things of the kingdom, your kingdom. We pray, Father, you'd bless these who have joined us and and that you would encourage them and equip them with the things that they need to be out there sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help them to be patient and loving as they strive, Lord, to be an imager. They've already been created as an imager. Help them to be an imitator of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you, Father. Pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 That's a wrap. See you next time. <laughs>